welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Success in the Follow-Through, a message from Pastor Azalini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If you would stand with me tonight and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 26 Matthew chapter 26 and we're going to begin reading with verse 36 then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples sit ye here while I go and pray yonder and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto them, Peter, what, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And I want to speak to you tonight on this thought. Success is in the follow-through. Success is in the follow-through. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're so thankful to be in your house tonight with your people thankful for your blessed word your anointed word Lord. thankful for the work that you are doing in our lives thankful for every life that is being transformed every home that is experiencing revival every life that is being blessed i pray tonight god that you would give us ears to hear what the spirit is saying under the church lord let the liberty of the holy ghost be in this place let your word have free course in our life right now Lord, I take authority over every distraction, God, every feeling of resistance in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, have your way tonight, and we will not fail to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord another great big hand clap as you're seated. Thank you, Brother Hammond, for playing the keyboard for 29 minutes. Come on. That's why he's got to work out all the time. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. For the last year or so, I've been uh, playing around with the idea of learning to play golf. Kind of a late start in life for that, but uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And I've been watching videos on it talking to people who are good golfers, trying to learn everything I can. 
with this thought, with this intention that I, I'm going to play golf. I've been saying that for three years now, and I have yet to buy a golf club or go golfing, but at some point I intend to start playing golf. And one thing that I learned talking to my friends, talk, I even talked to a golf instructor, watching some videos, is one thing, one piece of advice that so many of them give is they talk about the follow through on your swing. And all of them tell you that the follow through matters. Can I get that slide up there? This is a slide that they're putting up of a golf swing and what it should look like when you're finished. This is the stance that you're supposed to have. They're the one on the right, not the one on the left. And if you finish correctly, if you follow through correctly, that's what you'll look like when you're done. You can go back to the title screen. Um, the follow through affects the impact. My stance at the end has everything to do with how I impact the ball in the middle of my swing. By focusing on the follow through, I know the impact will be better. A lot of golfers only think about and focus on the moment of impact. They're only thinking, I, I've gone to a driving range before and all I can think about is one, not looking like an idiot, and two, making sure I hit that ball and I want it to go far, right? And so I'm holding it up there like it's a baseball club and I'm giving it everything I got because all I'm thinking about is crushing that ball. All I'm thinking about is the impact. But by focusing on the follow through, I know the impact is going to be better. Um, proper impact affects the trajectory of the ball. I want that ball to end up in its desired location. Every time my impact is off, I create more work for myself because I lengthen the process, right? If I don't hit that ball right and it goes left or it goes right or whatever, I'm going to add more strokes to my game. It's going to take me longer to get to the green where I'm trying to get. I lengthen the process. Too often the mistake is trying to fix the right now rather than the finish. Golfers try to tweak that club left or right. They think there's something in their grip. And golf instructors will tell you, instead of worrying about that, worry about ending up looking like that picture that I showed you at the end. Because if you'll do that, the impact will change. The follow-through affects momentum. When I'm not worried about the follow-through, even though I'm very strong and have a powerful swing, supposedly, my muscles are preparing to stop at a moment when my momentum should be peaking. So some golfers are, that are just thinking about crushing that ball, they're also, when they should be following through at their greatest velocity, their mind knows they're going to stop right after they make contact with that ball. And so subconsciously, they start slowing their swing right before they get to that ball and therefore affect their momentum. Everybody with me? The follow-through affects momentum, and momentum affects the distance. Follow-through maximizes efficiency to be capitalizing on momentum. Proper follow-through will make the ball go farther per swing. The follow-through affects the speed. Look at someone next to you and tell them follow-through matters. 
follow through affects three things that we just talked about impact trajectory and momentum first peter chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 read this way but with the precious blood of christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained that means it was predetermined before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you God robed himself in the flesh, walked this earth, lived a life without sin. He was tempted as we are, but without giving in to sin. He was moved by our infirmities, but was not infirmed. He suffered as we suffered, but remained pure. Why? So he could become the ultimate sacrifice for the sin of all men. Salvation for all was the follow-through that Jesus was walking to. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He knew what he was in for before he was ever born in the flesh. He knew that he was headed to Calvary. He knew what the end would look like. He knew there would be a resurrection. He knew the why. He knew the ending. And the ending is what kept him through the middle. Hallelujah. Your follow-through isn't free. Philippians chapter 2 Verses 8 through 11, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those in earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Salvation cost him everything and me nothing. But keeping it will cost me something. Hallelujah. What are you trying to say, Brother Vinny? I'm trying to tell you tonight that you better know where you're going because the things that push against you in the journey will take you down if you are not thinking about your final destination there are we talked about it tonight luke talked about it tj test about it Mar, marlene te- testified about it tonight there are things that god was challenging them to do in their life uh, and why were they able to follow through why were they able to obey because they know what the destination is friend of mine i've come with a very simple thought for you tonight everything that is challenging you in your life is meant to get you focused on something else rather than your follow-through. The enemy wants you to be focused and challenged by the things that are coming against you, by the things that are, are rearing their head in your life. But God is saying, if you will keep your eyes on the prize, if you will keep your focus on the destination, when I come into your life and say, hey, Brandon, this part of your life is not in agreement with me and I want you to change it, you know what? Instead of resistance, you're going to say, God, I choose obedience. Why do we choose obedience? Because obedience 
obedience unlocks power. Even Jesus had to obey. And that is the power of the follow through. When God comes into your life and says, hey, I want you to begin to worship in service like you have never worshiped before. Something in you says, God, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to do what you are speaking to me. I'm going to walk in faith. And when God, oh, hallelujah. When God tells you, hey, I want you to stop by their house and pray for them on the way home uh, and your flesh says no you don't have time for that you've had a long week uh, you're weary in your body uh, the Holy Ghost is saying follow through uh, follow through follow through hallelujah hallelujah not even Jesus wanted to pay the price for his finish in the garden he prayed oh my father if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. Sometimes follow through requires a nevertheless determination. God, I don't want to get up and pray, but nevertheless. God, that alarm went off a little earlier than I'm comfortable with, but nevertheless. God, I don't feel like fasting, but I know you spoke to me about fasting, so nevertheless. God, I don't feel like shouting, but I know your word says, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph, so nevertheless, I'm going to shout, God, there's a storm in my family right now, but your word says you're the prince of peace, so nevertheless, I'm going to shout. Out. Nevertheless, I'm going to rejoice. Nevertheless, I'm going to give. Nevertheless, I'm going to serve. Nevertheless, God, nevertheless, I'm going to do what you are asking me to do. Your follow-through will come to a place where it requires a nevertheless attitude. Let me tell you something right now. Every person that serves in this church, God is going to push against you. He is going to challenge you in areas of your life where you have never been challenged before. Why is he doing it? Because he wants to grow you. He wants to mature you. He wants to develop you. He wants to unlock power in your life, Brother Jim. Me and you had a conversation in a parking lot a few weeks ago, and you're like, man, there's so much stuff I'm learning, and God is teaching me so many things. I feel a little overwhelmed, but nevertheless, Jim, nevertheless, every day you get up, and you've been praying while you're driving. You've been reading that word. You've been listening to that Bible. You've been listening to those podcasts. Why? Because you've got a nevertheless attitude, and you made a determination, God, you're going to do a work in my home. You're going to do a work in my family. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you something. Follow through will disrupt things in the environment of your life. When you obey what the Lord is telling you, there will be disruption in your environment. Ah. Hallelujah. Why? Mm. Because God uses disruption to dislodge. Mm. He uses disru disruption to move things in our environment that have been an encumbrance and a weight in our life for far too long. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. I want you to hear me. When you begin to follow through, 
There are going to be things in your home, people in your life that push against your obedience. Are you hearing me? God, I know not everybody in my home is going to like it, but nevertheless. Somebody talked to me this week about something that they, that they felt like God wanted them to do in their home. And they know their family is going to be like, what? Why are we doing that? Why is that change happening here at home? Listen to me. Don't you be afraid to follow through in your life. That follow through is going to unlock a new level of power in your life with God. Jesus, I know my flesh isn't going to like it. It's going to fight it. But nevertheless, you know, you cannot assume that God's will happens by automation. God's will doesn't happen by automation. God's will happens through consecration. It's his will that none should perish, that all should come to repentance. But does everybody repent? No. Does everybody live for God? No. God's will doesn't happen by automation. God's will happens when we follow through. And we say, God, you challenged me to get up and pray every morning before I start my day. I'm going to start doing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be things along your journey that make you want to quit. People will disappoint you. Situations won't always work out the way you know the Lord desired for, for them to work out. Problems will arise. But there is always one thing you can control, and that is you. You can follow through. Mm. Hallelujah. Let me tell you a trap that we get get stuck in sometimes in life is when we are praying about situations or people in our life and they don't seem to be coming along and they don't seem to be listening to the Lord or, or, or following his word. We become frustrated and what, what do you know what happens is we begin to externalize things we're hearing that could be applying to us. We come to church and we think, man, I wish they would have been here. They could have heard that. They needed that. That was a word for them. No, that was a word for you. God took attendance before anybody showed up. He knew he, who would be here when he gave the preacher the word. He knew he would be, who would be in the building before that word was released into somebody's spirit. That word is for you. And if you want things to change in your environment, then you've got to follow through on what God is speaking to you. There is nothing more powerful that will change you, the people around you, and the circumstances around you than your own follow through with God hallelujah hallelujah Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote do the thing and you shall have the power James 1 says be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves you heard what Marlene said she said I've been thinking about it I've been pondering it. Thinking about what God speaks to you isn't going to change you. Pondering the directives his word instructs you isn't going to alter your situation. You've got to follow through. You've got to do the thing and you will have the power. Somebody say amen. Well, pastor, I prayed about it. Nothing happened. I tried it. Didn't work. 
I've got a word for you today. That's your vantage point. The Bible says he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. I've been praying about it, Sister Hammond. It hasn't changed yet. So I'm going to pray a third time. Everybody else is asleep in the middle of my struggle, but I'm going to pray again. I don't even have any new words to pray. I'm going to pray the same thing, and I'm going to pray it again. Ah, hallelujah. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this room uh, taking authority over situations that have pushed uh, against the people of God in their life. Uh, I'm telling you, some of you have faced some stubborn mountains, uh, and you're thinking, man, I don't know how to reword this. Uh, I don't have another promise to prophesy. Uh, I don't have another declaration of faith to declare. Uh, friend, just draw away and pray again. Pray the third time. If you don't got a new way to say it, just say it the same way. That's what Jesus did. He had to pray three times in the Garden of Gethsemane in order for him to follow through. Hallelujah. 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 Sometimes our follow through won't happen on the strength of one prayer or one try or a good intention. Jesus himself had to pray three times in order to follow through with Calvary. Thinking about it isn't praying. Mm. Come on. I've been guilty of it. I've had to delete and rewrite text messages. Where I started saying, I'm praying for you. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I've been thinking about you, but I haven't been praying about you. And then I wait and I pray about, pray, and then I send the text message, right? Mm. Thinking about it isn't praying. Planning to isn't praying. You know what praying is? Praying. Praying is praying. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, not in, mm, hallelujah. Praying is praying. That means you've got to open your mouth, Caden, and say, God, you just filled me with your spirit. And now I want to walk in your way, so I'm going to get up and pray. Lord, you've been knocking at my heart's door. Derek, I know God's been growing you. He's been challenging you. You've been doing the thing, and now you're starting to see the power. There are things that are being unlocked in people's lives in this church. When you begin to pray, you will see it. I feel in the Holy Ghost that the Lord is calling some of you into a garden called Gethsemane where he is going to ask you to die out to some things in your life. Is it going to be easy? Nope. Is it going to tip the apple cart? Probably. Is there going to be pushback? Undoubtedly. Is it going to be worth it? Oh, absolutely. Why? Because there's a purpose for your pain. Every single time. How do I do it? You've got to follow through. You've got to have a nevertheless attitude. You've got to pray a third time mindset. The Bible says Peter came with him part of the way. And then the word of God says that Jesus went a stone's throw further. Sometimes to get the victory that you want, 
you got to go a little bit further than everybody else. Sometimes to see that promise, you got to say, God, you know what? Listen, I know y'all didn't expect to come here and get pastored tonight, but I'm a pastor tonight. You've got to be willing to let the follow through push you out of your comfort zone. You've got to allow it to infringe and impinge upon your ideas, your opinions, and your mindset. You know why so many times people get frustrated and they say, I don't see the promises of God in my life? It's because they got fences in their life. And they say, well, God, I'm going to give you jurisdiction over here, but you don't get jurisdiction over here. I want you to work in this area, but this door is going to remain closed. But what you've got to understand about this word is it's all connected from Genesis to Revelation. I read this one time. Somebody said if you put, put a string right through the middle of this Bible, if you pull it in Genesis, it'll pucker in Revelation. Why? Because this is finely woven together. It is perfectly unified. And you cannot give God access in one area of your life and then restrict him somewhere else and expect the whole gospel to work in your life. See, that's why repentance comes first. That's salvation. You know what repentance is? It's a complete surrender to the word. It's saying, God, I am done living for myself. And no longer am I going to sit on the throne of my life. But I'm going to give your word access to every area of my thoughts, of my speech, of my attitudes, of my affections, of my just every part of my life that you could describe. God, there is, there is no part of me that is unrepentant restricted to you you have access to every area of my life and when you do that what you are doing is you are releasing the promises of his word to be activated in every area of your life you cannot compartmentalize God you cannot compartmentalize his word follow through says God everything you teach me I'm gonna do it everything everything you part to me. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to breathe it in. God, I want to abide in you and I want you to abide in me. This is a life transforming new birth experience. So what is following through on a practical level? It's obeying the Holy Ghost. It's obeying the Word of God. Some of you may not like this next thing, but it's in this book. It's obeying the man of God that the Lord puts in your life. It's the truth. I, I, know, I know that's not popular to hear and, that, and I feel the pushback literally in the atmosphere when I say things like that. You know why? Because everything in our world says reject authority, resist leadership, uh, be your, be, sit on the throne of your own life and just do whatever you want. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is God is going to speak to you in those three ways. Uh, he, the Holy Ghost is going to speak to you. His word is going to speak to you. And he's going to send ministers to speak into your life. Uh, and every time a word 
is released into your life uh, through one of those three avenues, you have a choice. Uh, am I going to live that word? Am I going to receive that word, first of all? Uh, and then am I going to apply that word to my life? Uh, Derek, you want to know why you are seeing such an acceleration in your life? Because there's been application. Application is the key to acceleration. If you are hungry to grow in God, uh, don't just sit and look at the word on the shelf uh, that God has given to you. Don't just collect all those little words that God gives you and say, well, I remember when he said this, and uh, I remember God's been dealing with me about that. No, at some point, uh, Brother TJ, there's got to be a doing spirit, uh, and i got to say, God, I'm going to apply the things you've been teaching me. Uh, I, I, there's got to be a point of application in my life uh, where I stop resisting and I just start doing. We never, I talked about this just a little bit in our Bible study tonight. We never reach a place in our journey with God that he stops asking us to give more of ourself. Comfort is not your destination. An easy life is not your destination. God never stops. I, I told them, I said, your reward for reaching this level is now you have a new level to reach. Mm. Hallelujah. Most people reach a place where they are no longer willing to deny themselves. It's why people stagnate because you can live for God for 20 years and do everything that God asks you to do. But the moment you get up with an unteachable spirit. And the day you get up and say, well, I've been doing this for years. I've served in the church. Everybody knows who I am. Uh, uh, you know, I've given. I've sacrificed. I've done this, that, and the other. And, and well, now I can just show up and, and do my thing and I'm good. That's the day you start dying in Christ. Mm. That place is where stagnation begins. It's the breeding ground of discontentment. Uh, hear your pastor today. Man, what is all this obedience talk? I don't like that word. Nobody, nobody likes that word. You know, do you know why you feel resistance when you hear that? Because your flesh hates that word. Your flesh wants to submit and surrender to nobody. But Paul said, I die daily. And the only way to grow in Christ is for more of me to die. He can only inhabit the space that I give him. And every time I die, I give him a little more room in my life. Mm. Hallelujah. When we stop allowing God to deal with areas of our life, this is where people turn on each other. I don't know if any of you have ever been to other churches or attended other places, but internal conflict in a church is a symptom of a congregation that has lost their willingness to die daily. I know that's a little heavy, but it's the truth. The Bible says, only by pride cometh contention. Pride can't live where self-denial abides. 
Paul said in Galatians, if you bite and devour one another, beware that you be not consumed one of another. Why does internal discontent and conflict become a breeding ground in a church? It happens when we stop dying out to ourselves. Uh, well, it's true anyway. And I'm going to tell you why all this matters. God's face, and this is, I don't want you to miss this, because I feel like this is the why for the reason God brought this word tonight. God's face is shining upon us right now. He's blowing our minds. 18 people have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Five have been baptized in Jesus' name. We have families experiencing revival. Personal relationships with God that are growing. Homes transforming as God becomes Lord in our families again. And guess what? Our city is taking notice. Telling you, our city, we are on the radar right now in this city. And you may not be aware of it, but there has already been some pushback in the spirit world concerning what is happening here. You didn't think we'd get to have revival forever without a fight, did you? The enemy is looking for somebody right now that he can use to disrupt and divide what God is doing in this church. He is seeking flesh that is not willing to die. But so long as our hands are on the harvest and our focus is on the field and our eyes are on Jesus, we cannot be stopped. I can only pick you apart, Brandon, if you're the only person I'm looking at. But if my hand's in the harvest and my focus is on the field and my eyes are on Jesus, guess what? Nothing you do is going to cause me to be discontent. Why? Because I am co-laboring with Christ. Hallelujah. 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 When my labor, when my labor, excuse me, is in the harvest and my focus on the field and my attitude is serving others and self-denial is not as difficult. Self-denial is difficult when all I'm focused on is myself. Self-denial makes sense when I'm a laborer because the more of myself there is, the harder it is for me to labor. The more of me I'm not willing to surrender, the harder it is for me to work in the harvest. Because I begin begin to realize that my own flesh, my unsurrendered flesh, is a weight to me in laboring in the harvest. Why? Because it's enmity against God, the Bible says. It makes war against what God is trying to do. And so the more of myself that I am willing to deny, the more unencumbered I am when I am working in the field. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. 
In the kingdom of God, self-denial is liberating. It frees you from the constructs of a secular world that encumbers you in the field. Our destination is not comfortable living or worldly success. Our destination is eternity with him. But our follow-through is here in the temporal. Hallelujah. If God is doing a new thing in your life today, if in this season that we are in, God is doing a new thing in your life, I want you to stand. If he's working in your family, he's working in your finances, he's working in the lives of the people around you. If you know today that God is doing a work in your life, and if not, that's fine. You don't have to stand. I'm not asking everyone to stand just for the sake of standing. But if you know that God is doing a work in your life right now, I want you to stand. Brother Hammond, can you give me a few more minutes on that keyboard? I'm almost done. I'm going to close with these scriptures. Luke chapter 5, verses 36 through 39. And he spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of a new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not. Somebody say, agreeeth not. Agreeeth not with the old. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also, having drunk old wine, straightway desireth new, for he saith the old is better. If God is doing something in your life, then he is also going to work on you. See, you are the vessel. You are the one that he is doing something new inside of. These are things he wants to give you, impart to you, teach you, reveal to you, release in you. That's what the new things are. There are things he wants to teach you, reveal to you, impart to you, gift to you. But he needs the vessel to change. Or it'll just be wasted. If the Lord comes and gives you a precious gift, Brandon says, I, I want to unlock the word of knowledge in your life. And he's going to start quickening things to your mind. I'm, Brandon, I'm prophesying to you right now. God is going to unlock the gift of knowledge, the word of knowledge in your life. You're going to begin. You pray for people on the altar. Every I see it all the time. When you begin to pray for people, God is going to start bringing things to your mind. And he's going to start showing you things and giving you things to say to that person. that you, You're not going to have any idea what's going on in their life. But the prayer that you pray in their ear, the thing that you say, it's going to speak directly to their situation. But you know what? If this is a corrupted vessel, and when God... When God pulls on you to purify, to consecrate, to separate, to set apart. If you're like, no, I'm going to fill my mind with the same trash I've always filled it with. I'm going to neglect my prayer closet. I'm going to neglect the word. Then guess what? That gift he gave you is just going to seep out and be wasted. It'll be of no effect. And when you attempt to use it, it'll hurt you and it'll hurt the person. 
that you're trying to help. Why? Because the vessel, the vessel wasn't ready for that new thing. What I feel in the Holy Ghost so strong in this service tonight, what this follow through is all about, is God is working on each and every. There's not one, if you think I'm not talking to you, you're wrong. I'm talking, if you were the only person here, I'm talking specifically to you. There's nobody in this room that this word is not for tonight. God is working in areas of your life. You know why? Because we've experienced rapid growth and there's immediately things that God wants to release into this congregation of believers that will help us edify, exhort, and encourage one another. And we've got to be ready to receive it. How do we do it? Follow through. Follow through on what God's been speaking to you. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.